morning, Miss Evelyn. Good morning, Joe B. How are you doing on a Friday? Great. Why are you so happy on a Friday? It must be your favorite day of the week. Mm, I guess it could be. I'm, I like all the days, pretty much. You do have a favorite, though, don't you? I don't think so. Mm. Mine's Friday. I, know. I love Friday. I know. Yeah, if I had to pick one, probably when I was working all the time. Of course, Fridays were favorite day because it's the last day of work. Yeah. I love Friday because uh, as a salesman all my life, I would sell like the devil Monday through Thursday and call on new accounts. And for a person who's been in sales, there's nothing more terrifying than making cold calls. Going out and trying to solicit business from people who are not doing business with you. And it's the thing that you must enforce yourself to do. I used to make a list the night before. And then I would get up the next day and I would religiously follow that list. Because if I didn't, I would find myself goofing off. But on Friday, I'd go visit my friendly Customers, the people I like, the people I just wanted to share time with. And so Friday has always been a very special day. I thought Sunday was yours. I was thinking about that. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, seemed like to me the day that you could take off and uh, it was uh, still made you a respectable person to take the day off. Sunday, not really do anything. It seemed legal on Sundays to do that. And it's not usually legal any other day to take off. You and I would be sitting here in our easy chairs, enjoying a moment, and every once in a while you would, or more often than not, you would jump up and say, I feel guilty, I've got to get to doing something. Do you have a guilt complex on just relaxing and letting go? Oh yeah, I think uh, I think my mother did that to me, uh, or my father, uh, for two different reasons. Um, when I was growing up, um, my mom worked all the time, and uh, I was home with my dad, and uh, so my mom had the thing that if she came into the house. Like, after work, uh, or she came home for lunch when she worked, because she worked close to, at the hospital sometimes, so she was uh, coming home for lunch. Uh, she would always uh, like it if you looked busy when she came in. So you didn't have to be doing anything. Just don't be sitting down doing nothing. Did she say that, or did you just... I expect it. No, my dad and I talked about it quite a bit. He would say something about, you know how your mom is when she comes in. And uh, he said, we got to look busy. So at that time, anyone coming down our road uh, out in the country was pretty well coming out to visit us, our um, family members, because we all lived out there in a little square. And um, you could sit then and in our front porch, 
you could look down the road and you could see cars and you recognize all the cars. So we would see mom coming and it, we would say to each other, here comes mom, you better act busy. That was our slogan. And so we just knew, you didn't have to be doing anything. Just, you know, when she walked in, just be kind of like standing up or, you know, like you were busy because I think maybe she didn't want to work that much. Um, so when she came home, if you looked like you were working or something, you know, made her feel better. So whether it was true or not, I have no idea. It could have been just mine and my dad's imagination. But, and then I think it's part of your DNA. I think you're, you know, um, my dad couldn't relax as long as he was on the farm and my mother used to love it when they would get in their motorhome and take off and go to Florida for a couple of months in the winter because she said he was an entirely different person. He could go and sit uh, outside the camper and visit with people all day long. He could go out to eat. He could go to, you know, sales, you know, events. And he was always at ease and relaxed. Were at home, and I think that has probably a spillover from his dad because his dad, the one I call Papa, uh, he used to come down every morning um, when we were on the farm, and he had a bunch of things, you know, wanted to do, and he was kind of the boss because he was the, um, the dad and the grandpa of the family. And so... You know, I think that was instilled in my dad, too, and then it became instilled in me. And to me, it's not a horrible thing um, because it's always kept me busy. I've always been looking for something to do. I mean, just now when you were uh, talking about it, uh, I was making a list of things that I wanted to do when I got done with this podcast. <laughs> I have a list of things that I would like to do, but I enjoy it. So it's not, uh, I know you look at it as a burden and something I should try to get rid of this addiction that I have so that I can enjoy life. Uh, that's my enjoyment. Why would you think I think that? Do you not think that? Why do you think do I you, think that? No, don't answer a question with another question. <laughs> Dr. Spees. <laughs> yes, it, it's absolutely what you think. Would you like to get out of that uh, feeling? No, no. I think it's um, it can be not beneficial for me sometimes, but I would say 90% of the time it's very beneficial to me and in my life because when I don't really feel good instead of sitting around feeling sorry for myself, um, <laughs> like my mom used to say, if something's going wrong in your life, you know, she said, I, I clean house. You know, I keep busy. I do something. And that's what I do. And I think that's the way I cope with a lot of things is keeping busy. And uh, also, I, I love working at something and seeing what it looks like when it's done. So, no, I think it's, I don't think it's a fault I have. Um, I think it's really a, a blessing that I have. Why do you think I think it's a fault? Because you do. 
you don't think it's a fault. It just... I, it just messes your mind up <laughs> some way. I think because it, it doesn't mean, uh, it doesn't work for you. Kind of put it that way. That kind of thing doesn't work for you. You know, you, you are, uh, quite, um, a relaxed guy that doesn't have to do anything to prove anything or, you know, maybe you're the luckiest person of the two of us. You mentioned an RV, a recreational vehicle, a motor home. Mm-hmm. Uh, has that carried over with you? Is that the reason you want a motor home or an RV all the time? Uh, I think I associate it with relaxation. I'm very much like my dad in that way, I think, uh, because I can go to, I noticed when we went to, uh, what was it? Cottonwood or wherever we went, um, not Cottonwood, Cornville, um, that I could honestly sit outside and do nothing, and it was fine. It got a little boring after a while. I mean, I need to do something. But, um, yeah, it's um, it's something new. It's, you know, it's being relaxed. It's not having any time schedule in my mind. So, yeah. Do you think there will be a time whenever you get all your honeydew jobs done? I'll be dead. (laughs) I'll be dead. And I'll be going to my death saying, you know, don't forget to do this and don't forget to do that. Yeah. You've cast a negative cloud over my opinion of your workaholic or your taskaholic. Uh, demeanor. You think that I view it as being negative, but how many times have I told you how wonderful it is that whenever I get up in the morning, I get up with somebody who's happy, energetic, who's ready to do something, who have who has a positive attitude toward not only life but over what they can and will be doing that day, and I often tell you that. But I think it. Um makes you uncomfortable. I honestly think that it it just makes you uncomfortable and it it shouldn't. The only thing that makes me uncomfortable is whenever you do man duties around the house. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Whenever you whenever Talk you go about out sexist. What do you mean man duties? Mowing the yard. Is mowing the yard? Oh, my gosh. Well, I could be nasty and say, you know, if the man of the house doesn't do the man duties, then someone has to. But I don't want to say that because I would honestly rather do it than have you do it. Man (laughs) duties? Oh, man duties like mowing the yard? (laughs) I don't... Uh, yes, I guess it is in some places. But you're just fortunate that being a man, you don't like these man duties. And being a woman, I happen to like them. Otherwise, we would be, uh, we'd have to get a machete to get out the back door. Well, now, there, are, there, anything that is over six feet above the floor that has to be repaired or changed or anything, mm-hmm. that's a man's job. 
if you can find one to do it. <laughs> yes, but I didn't see anybody offering to s stand on a 10-foot ladder and help me paint 12-foot ceilings. So you make with what you've got. And I just happen to be blessed with not minding to do those things. Well, I am blessed with not minding you doing them. Yes, but you, uh, yeah, I think it, it upsets you. I think it bothers you a little bit. I don't know whether I get so much pleasure out of them or that you kind of feel guilty. <laughs> and that's that's not my problem. That's your problem. Well, you could be wrong. Hey, I've been wrong before. So you don't think there's a differentiation between men duties and women duties in the home? You know, there there are a lot of couples that kind of share everything like that. And that's that's nice. That's nice. But it doesn't work in our family. So I meant I don't know what to say to you. <laughs> well, know. you know, I do my laundry, mm -hmm. and I cook meals. I don't cook mm -hmm. all the meals. You you cook the dinner meal, mm -hmm. but I usually cook the others, and I do all the dishes. Isn't I take care of all job? the kitchen. Isn't that a woman's job? Well, that's the that reason. That would be considered woman's work, cooking, cleaning. Yeah. Yeah, but I am more comfortable in the kitchen than I am in the yard. Well, that's that's your personality. I'm more comfortable, really, in both. I think I'm comfortable in both. But I take great pleasure in both. Is there something wrong with a woman that loves to do men's jobs? No, you started out by saying you blamed your mother for a certain uh, idiosyncrasy that you had. I don't... No, I don't blame her. I'm just thinking when you said that to me, it flashed on why would I think that and where did it come from? And I'm thinking it just, uh, I don't, yeah, it, it's not a bad thing. I don't blame her. Blame sounds like it's very negative. Um, I think I have to be that sort of person first with my DNA, then you know, it wouldn't have worked. I would have resented it. And there wasn't any resentment to it. It, My dad and I made a joke out of it. We weren't that serious about it. We were just, you know, it was just our, our talk. If I have any reason why I like being in the kitchen, is because when uh, on the farm, when mom did all the cooking. Of course, she cooked three meals a day for 10 people. And uh, my duties were outside. Uh, I mowed the yard. I milked the cow. I fed the chickens. I picked corn. All my duties, I'd say 90%, were outside the house. And once in a while, I would get to stay in the kitchen with mom, and she would show me how to cook and how to fix things and how she wanted the dishes washed and how she wanted the... Uh, uh, hands washed before you touched anything, how you go under the fingernails underwater. And so I, I think that's probably an area that uh, kind of an area of warmth memories uh, from times past. Oh, yeah. But then 
you have to look at it from uh, another person's viewpoint. You were very lucky because there were a tribe of you guys. So everybody had their job. And usually those jobs could cross over and they could not. But I was an only child. There was only three of us. So in order to help other people in the family like you did, I had to do other things. I couldn't just do kid things. I couldn't just do woman's things. I had to do everything. So I was brought up that way. There wasn't a man's job and a woman's job. The only line was drawn was me going to the field, and that was only because my dad was a fanatic about watching kids in farming and them not getting hurt or not seeing things that he didn't think a girl should see. But other than that, it was uh, our little threesome was a group effort, just like your 10 people were. So I had to really learn to do more things than you guys did because your job was one thing, milking the cows, bringing in water probably, bringing in the eggs, and that was it. Who mowed the yard for you guys? What do you mean that was it? We had we worked uh, I, 12 I'm, hours a day. Well, and, uh, yes, I'm saying I, I was a lawnmower, and we had the old propelled... Yeah. Lawnmower. Nobody else mowed the grass? Uh, sure. I'm sure Don did. Uh, you well, Don, Don was saying. tribe Geronimo. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, Don was active, but Don was grown by the time I got into my teen years. And uh, so he was a lot older than I was. He was 10 years older than I was. Well, I think you've taken uh, a defense position on <laughs> what I'm discussing. I'm not criticizing you I'm just saying <laughs> I don't know it's just kind of a uh, it got to a crazy place um, I'm just saying that you know I could just remember helping out doing things that my dad would ordinarily do in order for us to get everything done and get off to go all play together um you know, I just think it was a different bringing up with an only child and with a lot of kids are with the way the families are. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> when you were growing up, uh, and you mentioned farmed accidents, farm accidents, did you, uh, were there any farm accidents that stood out in your memory of your childhood mm-hmm. or younger days? Uh, I wasn't there when my dad got hurt with his back. I was grown up then the only thing that and I just saw the last part of it not the first part of the incident it was a very dangerous thing but it ended up being a funny thing we had um a old gentleman uh his name was uh last name was Brzezinski and he lived on a house close to where my mom and dad lived. Was it Leon? No, it was Leon's dad. Oh. And um, 
you remember uh, a guy, a boy, he was my age named Carl Brzezinski. I think he was a cop at one time in Benton. It was his grandfather. And they lived in a house close to us. And the gentleman, he made wine in his basement and that kind of thing. And they had lots of fruit trees and everything. But he would help my grandfather and my dad in the field and doing different things around the farm. And um, then we had, um, we were putting hay up into the barn, bales of hay. And they all wore overalls at that time. And this gentleman's overalls were always sort of big and loose fitting, you know. And um, you could tell that he had had them a long time because they were very, they weren't the dark denim, you know, and hard. They they had been worn and washed a lot of times. And you have, uh, and I'm trying to think what I, what the name of it is now, and I can't think of it anyway, it was the, the drive that made the elevator go up into the auger. Yeah, it's not an auger. It's, um, uh, I can't think of it. Kelly would be disappointed in me if I can't tell you what it is. But anyway, it spins around. Drive shaft. Yeah, kind of like a drive shaft, but there's another name for it. And you have to stay away from it because it's whipping around. I mean, these days it would be covered and it would be inside the thing to make it go. Par takeoff, something like that. Anyway. Uh, it was spinning around, and he, instead of walking around the whole tractor to go on the other side to do something, I think a bale fell off of the thing, and he was going to go back and get the ele- uh, bale and put it on the elevator. And instead of going around, he stepped over, part takeoff. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Something. Anyway, it caught his pant leg. And it grabbed it and starts spinning it around. And thank God the overalls were old because it just peeled them off of him where it could have choked him and killed him. (laughs) But it just like, you know how the basketball players used to have the uh, pants that had the snaps or the Velcro down the, the crotch of them, you know, and they'd go out and jerk them off? That's what happened to him. Once he's standing there, and I just uh, thought to myself later, I didn't see it, but they were telling us about it, and I saw him as he left, that the man had shorts on underneath (laughs) because if he hadn't, it would have. So that's the, you know, that's the worst thing that, that I can remember that we ever had. Uh. Yeah, other than um, my grandpa Payne, uh, my uh, mama, uh, or mamaw, mamaw called one day and told my dad to come down to the house really quick that Papa was stuck. He was stuck in the garden. And uh, Dad was kind of worried because he thought, oh, my gosh, she's got a tractor down there and he's got it stuck in the mud or something. And, you know, and he was he was he was old the whole time. I remember him and um, very, very little, very thin. So he didn't seem very strong, but he sure could hold his own. 
And my dad went down to the other house to see if he could help. And he took a tractor with him because he knew he was going to have to pull Papa out of the garden with the tractor. Because back then we had big gardens because, I mean, she raised all the food for, you know, for the winter. When he got there, he looked and Papa was standing in the middle of the garden and it's really funny now, and we always laughed about it, because my dad, his feet were stuck so deep in the mud, and he was so weak, because he had kind of quit farming by that time. And he did not have the strength to lift his feet out of the mud. So my dad had to walk into the garden and literally pick him up and carry him out of the garden. So that's about us craziest we got. I hope I haven't forgotten something really tragic that's happened, but I don't I don't remember anything that was life threatening. I bet Papa had on those rubber boots that came up to pass the knees. Yes. Yes. Yes he did. Yes. Those rubber boots will get you in trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not a kidding. Uh we had a few accidents. Uh Mary Lou, whenever we were young Dad used to go down and cut sprouts, and they would be little trees, and he would allow us to climb up into the top of the trees, and then he would cut them down, and we'd ride the tree down till it hit the ground. And uh, when the tree almost hit the ground, we'd jump off and roll, and uh, Mary Lou got on one, and it was a rather pretty large tree, and uh, it was a sprout, though. It wasn't a tree, and Dad cut it down, and Mary Lou was riding it down, and the tree turned on Mary Lou, and she was on the bottom of the tree. Whenever it fell, she hit the ground with a thud, and, of course, the tree covered her up, and it took uh, seconds, but I'm sure Dad thought it was minutes before he could get in there to get her, and it knocked the breath out of her, but that's all it did, and that was the end of our tree, Ryan, and uh, tree uh, riding. Mm-hmm. And um, then I turned an F-12 farm all tractor over on me whenever I was 12 that, years old. That would be an accident, right? Yeah, there. and that, that stayed with me all my life. I can't lay down on a flat floor, and uh, my body uh, is uh, uh, still remembering that day whenever the tire came over and hit me on the chest, and Dad took me to Doc G.G. Moore's, and and he said, uh, hey, uh, Barney, he said, uh, it doesn't look like anything's broken. He's just going to be sore for a long, long time, and I was. But after that, every time I'd get on a tractor or farm equipment and there was any movement sideways, it just scared me to death. It was, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that feeling of something turning over. Uh, only thing I wanted to add was that um, my dad did uh, get hit by a tree, like you said, and um, it did break his back, which we didn't know it at the time. But I didn't consider that a, you know, a farm accident. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) Well, it didn't happen to you. I I guess so. Uh, But, um, yeah, that was the only thing, and that was, you know, later in life, so... Early on on the farm, whenever we would bale hay, uh, before we baled hay, we couldn't afford the baler, and we couldn't afford the neighbor who had the baler who came over and charged so much a bale to bale the hay. 
So they would cut the soybeans and then let it dry, soybeans and wheat and rye and everything, and just let it lay after they cut it with a mowing cycle. Mm-hmm. What do they call it? Sickle. Sickle, yeah. Yeah. And um, then, but it was a it was a farm machine where you sit on it and had a sickle out the side and mm-hmm. and well, what did they call that machine? Don't know. It was just a mower. Oh, a mower. That's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, yeah. But it, yeah. My dad used one for like mowing the roadsides then. It would mm-hmm. fall down to the side and it would mow with a big sickle blade laying down to there. Yeah. Yeah. The, and the little blades that you attached mm-hmm. to it would always come loose and you'd have to stop yeah. and bang it back on. But they look like arrowheads. Yeah, but we would go and and after, uh, they would Ken and Don would mow uh, with a horse and uh, more, and then we'd go by with a rake, and the rake was a huge thing. It would uh, put the hay into windrows, mm-hmm. and then we would come in with pitchforks, and all of us would pitchfork the loose hay and throw it on a hay wagon. Oh, man, that was tough. Yeah, and then we would uh, get that hay wagon as high as we could get it, and then we would climb up on top of that and ride that hay wagon into the barn. And uh, more often than not, before we got to the barn, because of that slick hay, Mm -hmm. we would slide off of that hay and, of course, take half the hay with us, and we'd have to stop and put that back on. But... Dad was always for a lot of fun on the farm. He never did get after us if we, uh, you know, if we knocked the hay off, just put it back on. Of course, he was a coal miner too, and a lot of the time he'd get his work done by uh, noon so he could eat a bite and get his coal bucket and walk over to uh, the cemetery over on 37 and hitch a ride to his work at Orient Number 1. And uh, so we would carry on after he was gone, but uh, we used to, then we'd take the hay and have haystacks and uh, just put the hay on top of hay and have the haystacks and feed the cows from that haystack. Uh, That was pretty elementary. Oh, yes, and that was hard work. Mm. Yeah, you needed eight kids to do that. (laughs) Yes. But it was men's work. The girls didn't do it? You just talked about the girls being on top of it and sliding off and, yeah. The girls were Mary Lou and uh, <laughs> sometimes Carolyn and Sue were, was out there. But Sue was, Sue was more uh, a centerpiece. Sue was more pretty. She was uh, kind of like the princess. And uh, Carolyn and Mary Lou and uh, I would do a lot of the uh, outdoor work but uh, yeah there were there were men jobs and lady jobs yeah well you're lucky you had one of each <laughs> you had four of each we had four boys and yeah. four girls so it was it was, it was good time why it was just me so i had to do both so you were both boy and girl you know yes yes i i think i was a tomboy not full-blown tomboy, but, yeah, as much as I was allowed to be a tomboy. Yeah, is that the reason that uh, your dad called you Tom? 
No, he did not call me Tom. <laughs> my dad called me Tom. That was my uh, pet name for him. And I think it was after Tom Sawyer because he would send Don and Ken out to do the field. Kirby was uh, uh, more or less assigned to assist Mom in the kitchen. And uh, we'd go out into the field, and the three of us, Ken, Don, and I, would go out to do something in the field. And and Dad always said uh, Ken and Don did the work, and I would throw clods at them. So <laughs> That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. But I found uh, it pretty exciting and interesting and a lot more satisfying getting out of work than getting into work. Yeah. Do you I, find I was... that today? For you? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're you're very you're very uh, efficient in that <laughs> in that department. But I think what helped us too that um, my my dad made work fun. Yeah. I meant we worked hard. I mean, I didn't work hard, but I meant as a family, we worked hard. And we played hard. Um, I didn't ever see my dad only get mad enough to scare me to death. <laughs> Once or twice, maybe. Um, but he was always, no matter what happened in the field, how many times he would break down, and he broke down a lot. Um, he just went about fixing it and moving on. What did you do that made him mad? I didn't do anything the time that he whipped me the hardest. Uh, I didn't do anything. It was a little miscommunication in the family. And um, so that's what happened with that. And he found out later that I was telling the truth, that I did not do what some other people said I did. So he never, never whipped me after that. What was the miscommunication? Oh, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I'm going to not go say that. Well, uh, your aunt told him that you had done something whenever you really hadn't, and uh, he later he spanked you good, and later found out that you were right. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that pretty exciting and satisfying to? be found out that you were right? Um, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was kind of, uh, you know, you tell the truth, and if you're not believed, it's uh, kind of a, uh, you know, swallow hard kind of thing, like gulp, you know. <clears throat> but, yes, yeah. I would say after that, uh, things... We became the three musketeers of the family. We just kind of took care of our own and did our own thing. and So it was a good thing. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But my dad was the type that if he, he was going to whip you, he sent you to the, what we call the pantry, uh, to get uh, the belt and bring it to him. But he never really whipped me with the belt. He whipped me with his hand because he figured if his hand hurt, <laughs> he probably had gone too much. But I think I've got two whippings. No. I learned 
I learned the eye signals and the face expressions very quickly. <laughs> I mean, my dad could walk into a room and boom, I ceased to talk or to act if I saw that look. Are you saying that your curfew was religious? My curfew? <laughs> my curfew was funny. <laughs> I guess not funny. It was uh, 11 o'clock. I had to be in at 11 o'clock no matter what, unless it was a special occasion, and there was probably only maybe three or four of those. But, yes, 11 o'clock. So how would you grade our podcast today? Uh, well, a trip down memory lane <laughs> may be okay. Um, it's fine, fine. Always good to talk about family and your experiences with your family, I think. Yeah. Are you, uh, have you got any uh, men jobs scheduled today? I've got a couple of, that's probably not going to go over with you really good, but. <laughs> Why do you do that? Why do you jump into my head? Because <laughs> that's where I live, in your head. <laughs> I'm in there picking around all the time. <clears throat> well, because I may take a little trip outside of the house, and uh, that's not going to go over with you too well, but. I uh, do best because you are in my head. <laughs> Very good. I like that. So what are we going to do today? Uh, I'm probably wanting to run to Home Depot very quickly. Mm. <laughs> See? You go, mm. We are so close. I know. I'm, I'm trying to put it off. So close to safe yeah. with our virus. I know. Sunday. Sunday, I might just start out Sunday morning and go every place I want to go. Go in a grocery store. No, I don't want to do that. I just want to do some things to work on my yard in the back, and I'm kind of at a standstill. My experience this morning, whenever I went to Starbucks to get Sam and the kids some Starbucks mm -hmm. with my mask, I have a mask on, then I have a shield, the plastic shield, and I wear rubber gloves. I spray the bottom of my feet whenever I get back here, bottom of my shoes, and I grease my rubber gloves good with that sanitizer. But I would say of the 10 people that I saw, I didn't get within 10 feet of any of them, but of the 10 people I saw, nine had no mask. Really? In the grocery store? Mm -hmm. I thought you had to have it to go in a grocery store. I would think you should have it going in a grocery store. Any store, I think, you should be asked to wear a mask. But don't you know that uh, three or four days ago, the uh, Arizona state legislature, legislature uh, passed a law that each business could make the decision on their own of whether they wanted a mask or whether they mandated the customers to have a mask. And uh, I noticed at Starbucks, uh, they just, it's always, always men, you know. Did the workers at Starbucks have a mask? Yeah, all the workers at the grocery store yeah. and Starbucks uh, yeah. have masks. But uh, I think the day of a mask is over. I don't know. I don't mind wearing a mask uh, to do shopping like that, uh, to put one on and try to converse with your family. You can't hear. You can't. There's so much 
that you get out of a conversation when you see someone's face and their eyes and how they light up, how they smile, you know, uh, the warmth of the conversation is so much nicer. And you get uh, uh, Corona-19 aerosol modules uh, floating around in the air. Yes, I'm just saying that it's so much better to converse with someone without one. But I am, I said all that to say that I'm going to keep wearing a mask. Uh, To run into the grocery store, I don't mind it. Nobody's going to, you know, they tell me why I'm wearing a mask. So, you know, I have a scar across my face and I don't want anybody to see it. Tell them something, you know. It's no use trying to kill somebody over one. Tell them you're busy in my head. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so... um, yeah, I would like to do that. But I just feel like now that with our second shot, that um, unless you just do something stupid, like be in touch with someone who's got it and not wear a mask or even probably have a mask and be with someone who's got it is not, I mean, that's just, you know, daring the devil right there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. What's the major task you got outside? Uh, I'm just trying to finish it up uh, before it gets hot. And, you know, the way Arizona is, you know, it's been cold to where you have to have the heat on a little bit of a morning so you don't freeze in your house. And uh, But the next thing, I meant, this is February. Next thing you know, there's no in-between, I think, when it comes to summer and winter here. It's either... You know, cold, and I mean cold for us is what, 50, 60, gets down to 30s sometimes at night. But um, I'm just trying to get everything done before you can't go outside. And uh, I just want to finally get the outside all straightened up and kind of cute and where it's a pretty addition to the house. So let's get to it. Let's get some men jobs going today, huh? Okay, I'll do the men's jobs today, and you do the ladies' jobs. Ah, sounds good. I'll get the dishes done and uh, make sure that uh, I got to... I have some clothes that you could mend on the sewing machine, too. Yeah, and how about baking some cookies and a couple pies? No, I can't do that. I'm having my period. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Okay, (laughs) see you later, Joe. Bye. Say bye, Gracie. Bye. (laughs) I love you, darling. I love you, too. (laughs) 